Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Drinking and Screaming, a new podcast we're doing about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And this week, we watched the first horror movie I ever showed Kelly, The Strangers. Spoilers, he did not find it scary at all. Didn't I? But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we created this drink to be light and refreshing and not scary at all. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a bit sad. Well, I'm not sad that you got to make the drink, but... It was definitely poor (laughs) scheduling on your part that it turned out that I would be the one making the drink for mm, arguably one of your favorite scary movies. Yeah, it is. So it's a little bit, um, you know funny. I don't know what scares me more, Lights Out or The Strangers. Or my drink that I'm going to make to make fun of your movie. Dang it! So yeah, tell me about this. What's it called? Uh, so this one is called Post Wedding Crashers. Ooh. And here's how it works. Basic, <laughs> basically, I had in my mind, hey, there's three killers. I should use triple sec, because that'd be funny. That Because that's the level of comedy I'm able to accomplish on this podcast. <laughs> So I went from there and I'm like, I don't know, what kind of drinks can you make with triple sec? It's kind of fruity. Maybe I'll make some other fruits. I'll make a fruit fucking medley. And then I was like, <laughs> what else do we have? Vodka? All right. So I put a shit ton of vodka and fruits and stuff. So it's basically a um, a mango margarita. Or no, mango martini. Ah, with <laughs> some of your real blood in here, I heard. Oh, yeah. I used the creme de... <laughs> And also, you sliced your finger. Oh, yeah. Turns out I don't know how to cut a mango. That's what I said. I said you were going to hurt yourself. But I do know how to cut myself. So there is actually a little bit of blood that (laughs) isn't necessarily required for For you to make it. But if you want, I'll send you some of my blood. That's how clones happen. Yeah. (laughs) if If you become a patron, I'll send you some of my blood. Wow. Yeah. That's a hot take right there. So what do you think? First impressions. I... I'm not a huge fan of mangoes, so it is very mango-y, but it is in a good way. I like that you sugar rim the edge of the glass, mm-hmm. extra fancy. The creme de um, is a nice added touch to it, um, but there's something about the puree of the mango that's oh, like yeah. chonky. So this was a mistake. I'm pretty sure I bought the wrong kind of mango. Ah. I think there are multiple kind of mangoes. There's like the nice like summery one that you just slice on through and then stick your face in and yep. eat the whole thing. Um, and then there's the kind of mango that I bought that's basically just like shredded wheat in fruit form. <laughs> so it had a lot of fibers in there that I tried to slice up in the food processor. But uh, we still ended up with like a very chunky, fibrous. I pulled out what was basically a hair from my drink. Yeah. I'm trying not to think about vomit while I drink it because I will gag. But it tastes good. It's brain matter. It's it's the brain matter of the friend from the strangers. So I think it's a successful drink. It is very strong in that like it's mostly just vodka. Mm -hmm. So like if you make this at home, pick a vodka that you really like or choose mad lab premium vodka like we did yeah and yeah you didn't you didn't uh, skip any pennies you went for the good stuff i went for the premium stuff the shitty mango and the premium vodka. more like creamulum <laughs> uh so find a vodka that you like and also find a, a mango that doesn't suck mm. yeah mm-hmm. i could have gone i went to the one place that i thought they would probably have like a medley of uh, mangoes 
but they had one type of mango, and I was like, sure, a mango's a mango, so it'll be fine. I mean, that's what I would expect also. Yeah, I should have gone to the place that I didn't think they would have a lot of mangoes, because they probably would have then had like... Tons of mangoes? No, like standard mango that people oh, would Oh, I see, right. They have the like, the white bread of mango. I see that strat. Just the, the wonder bread the mango. bread of mango. Other than that, I think the flavor profile is there. The mouthfeel needs a little bit of work. Yeah. I think I would really enjoy this if it was just mango juice used. I was um, I was thinking that as I <laughs> as I pick uh, pick a mango hair out of my teeth, I can't get it. Oh no! Um, That's gonna torture you the whole episode. Because I was like thinking like mango puree or whatever you can just buy in a jug, and I think it comes non pulped. Mm. So yeah, you got that you got that good mango hair in your mouth. Yeah, I do. Wow, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I tried to be nice. No, it's fine. There's so many hairs. R- literally, they're like hair. Yep. Like I said, flavor profile. Good. <laughs> General appearance. Good. Good. Very pretty, yeah. Mouthfeel. Terrifying. Awful, yeah. The, um, yeah, it kind of looks like a drink you would have at a wedding, I think. Mm, mm-hmm. Martini-ish. Yep. Anyways, that's my utter disaster. Let's talk about another one. Hey! <laughs> mean segue, sir. So this week we watched The Strangers, which premiered on May 30th, 2008. It's written and directed by Brian Bertino. The synopsis, which I stole from a user on IMDb, states, After returning from a wedding reception, a couple staying in an isolated vacation house receive a knock on the door in the mid-hours of the night. What ensues is a violent invasion by three strangers, their faces hidden behind masks. The couple find themselves in a violent struggle in which they go beyond what either of them thought capable in order to survive. You want that trailer? Hit me with it. What? I just want to tell you something. What do you want to tell me? You are my girl. I love you, Jimmy. What is that? There's nothing here. I haven't heard a dog bark, a car pass, nothing. Nope, nope, nope. Don't need that in my life. Um, that was an extraordinarily misleading trailer. Yeah. First of all, they completely make it seem like the couple is in love, yeah, which th- they are not. Well, they are, but they're not. It makes it seem like he proposed and she said yes. Which but she, she did not. No. Um, there was something else. Oh, and I like that it had to show Glenn Howerton for like a split second. Just so you know, there's a fifth, a sixth person in this movie. <laughs> and if you like him, you'll go see it. I thought it was weird that the all the writing in blood and like lipstick was gray. Yeah, it's probably because they couldn't show blood on uh, TV. So they probably replaced it with like gray. I see. I to make to... it G-rated trailer. Mm-hmm. I have to like navigate hair around my rim so that I don't accidentally eat it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't want to finish. <laughs> well, you have to finish it. <laughs> Why did I make that rule? Why? This time it's not a flavor experience that you have to suffer through. It's an uh, texture, mouth, an oral experience. Yeah. Uh. All right. Are we ready to go into some thoughts? Yeah. You don't have any other points about the trailer? No. They. He was a liar. <laughs> Whoever made that trailer was a liar. It's a bad trailer. So my first thing is kind of obvious because we've talked about this movie in other episodes. Um, But this is the epitome 
of everything I find scary. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, this is like the, this is boiled down to exactly what makes you a furred. Yeah, and it was the first real horror movie that I ever watched, mm-hmm. which I think I was like 13 at the time or something. I don't know, came out in 2008. I don't want to figure it out. <laughs> but um, I think it also has that like lasting effect of like nostalgia of being scary. So let's let's really delve into what about this whole style of horror that scares you is it the like is it just the people or is it the people and the isolation or like what is it is isolation it stabbing? doesn't scare me like i don't mind being alone so if this exact movie happened but they were in like an apartment a with, city yeah yeah it'd still be the same yeah yeah i mean it would definitely be, need to be a different movie because you would have you would go to i mean people would hear you but what if they didn't what if it was yeah. the exact same script but like people are screaming, they're out in the halls and stuff and just nobody comes out to see what's going on. I mean, that's awful too. Makes you feel weird. Yeah. But so it is just the the humans going about their... Being totally awful. Yeah. And like the idea of someone entering your safe space, like your home, without you even knowing. Mm-hmm. But then also like all of the awful things. All Imagine the- like when we... Okay, we live not on the first floor of an apartment, but if we did... And like we opened the blinds and there was just a man standing right there. That's scary. Yeah. But then. And then that man comes into your house. Then I like punch him or something. Yeah. They tried to shoot them with a shotgun in this movie. Didn't work out too good, did it? It's because they were all drunk and smoked and had almost had sex. Oh, my goodness. But imagine if you looked out your window and there was like an undescribable horror out there with like tentacles shooting out of its face. And then it like morphed through the window and came to get you. Wouldn't that be more scary than a human with a sword? No. Mm. That, I would feel more comfortable attacking that. What if, like, it had blades out on it? So if you tried to punch it, you punch a blade. <laughs> if you punch a human, you hit, like... Flesh. You hit, like, fat Pillow, meat with, yeah. with, a, with a bone <laughs> behind it. If you punch hard enough, you hit the bone, and then the, like... If you punch a blob, your hand gets stuck, and then it sucks you into hell or something. But that's why I use a frying pan. Mm. Or a Barbara arm. Have we talked about Barbara? I don't know. Our mannequin? Yeah. I feel like we've mentioned her before. But yeah. she is my go-to weapon if somebody comes into the house. Mm-hmm. I also wonder if this is like a gender thing as well. Oh, yeah. For sure. I've been taught my whole life. I don't want to dive too deep into it, but like, never wear headphones when you're walking outside. But also, if you don't wear headphones, people yell bad things and you get to hear them all. Yeah. Um, Like, always be aware of where you're going. Always tell people where you are. Always, like, it's just so ingrained in ladies. Like, you have to defend yourself because people will try to hurt you. Learn self-defense. Don't teach... Guys, not to attack women. Yeah. yeah. Don't be too rude when you say no to people. Also, don't say no. Always say yes. Always be nice. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Drives me crazy. Um, I would say that, like, part of me wants to be like, well, I've also had, like, awful things done to me by humans. And that would make me more scared. But I've always been scared of, like, even before trauma, I was yeah. scared of humans. Yeah, I think it is definitely a privilege thing. Because, like, before I even started dating, I lived in the city. And I felt okay, like, walking down dark streets by myself and, like, ducking into alleys or whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't until, like, I started dating women that they were like, hey, can we not go down this dark alley? Or, like, hey, can you walk me home and stuff like that? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I was like, oh, walking home. It's because they're 
going to get bored on the way and they want someone to talk to you or no, they just want to they want to hang out with me for a little bit more as much as they can get out of it. I mean also that. I mean I'm not that interesting. Yes you are. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah safety. <laughs> but yeah then it was like oh I have I don't have to think about this stuff because it's fine. Yeah. So for me like a dude at my the front of my window I'm like hey go away and then if he's like no I'm like okay well I'm going to hit you now. <laughs> And you're a human, so generally if I hit you hard enough, you'll stop doing it. Uh, whereas, like, yeah, it seems like for women it's like, well, there's a guy at my door. or Something bad's really going to happen now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Call the cops, but pretend to order a pizza. <laughs> shout fire, because nobody will help you if you shout anything else, because they don't care. You shout fire, they want to see the fire. Or if he's at your door, like, call back and be like, hey, six friends in here. Someone's at the door now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, me, me and my weightlifting crew are just hanging out, having a pizza. Do you, you want to some- join us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Don't like it. And I hate being home alone because I think of things like this happening to me. You don't like, want to do you like go on Kevin trips- McAllister style stuff? What? Set up. Oh. <laughs> shock the guy when he opens your door. It's not our, our holiday month yet. Hit him with a paint can. Oh, are we doing home alone for a horror movie? No, but that would be great. <laughs> but yeah ghosts i can't punch yeah but ghosts can't hurt you they can mentally and emotionally and spiritually hurt you my brain and spirit are fine guys will just kind of stab you and then you're dead and then if you die ah that kind of sucks but if you're dead you're dead what are you gonna do if, again, dead. if a ghost kills you you don't know what dimension it's sending you to it might go to the perpetual stabbing dimension <laughs> and then you get stabbed for the rest of eternity You've been watching too much The Good Place, my man. Yeah. <laughs> what if you get eaten by a hell beast? Maybe it has chemicals inside of it that don't devour you immediately. and Instead, you feel the pain for thousands of years. Oof. A human can't do that, though. <laughs> my next point is also about humans. And it's the relationship between James and Kristen is awful, which we kind of already touched on a little bit. Yeah. He proposes to her, she says no, and then they go, but the movie starts with them like arriving at their vacation home and he had like done all this stuff because obviously he thought she was going to say yes and like it was very romantic and whatever. And then he basically like guilts her into like soothing him. Why did they go back there together? I don't know. I don't know. It, at that point, it's like maybe we shouldn't have our vacation at our summer home. Maybe we should just go back home or something. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Um, because the moment that he gets there, he calls his friend to come pick him up. Exactly. Such a waste of time. And then she's like, I want cigarettes. Well, she doesn't say get me cigarettes, but she like mentions, oh man, I have no more cigarettes. And he's like, fuck, I want to get the fuck out of here. I'll go get you some. So he's gone. And then she deals with like fucking awful things. Yeah. And just some killers and stuff. Oh, wait. First of all, before that even happens... Is Tamara home? Oh, yeah. I hate that. I hate that so much. They're about to have sex, and then the daughter comes to the door and asks if Tamara was home. Oh, my God. And it's so awful. Which is a pretty cool tactic to be like, okay, scope this out just by asking if some random person is home. Yeah. I think they cover the idea behind that in the second one. Like, they actually, someone suggests why they have her do that. And it's it's basically to, like do recon more or less it's to go up to the door and be like hey is Tamara home and then like judge how timid the people are and whether or not there's like a bunch of people home or something and mm. distract them and stuff like yeah, that yeah that makes sense yeah 
But yeah, so then he's gone. And then that bitch comes back and she's like, is Tamara home? And then Kristen is like, no, you already came by. She doesn't even open the door because how she knocks is like a, just one loud bang. Who does that? I don't know. I don't <laughs> like it. This is just leave me alone. Humans do that. Yeah. But then he comes back after like all this awful extra stuff happens of her being like tormented and like the guy in the mask was uh, outside the window. Mm-hmm. So she's cowering in their bedroom when he comes back home. And she's like, there's someone here. Like, they've been in the house. They're moving things around. And he's like, no. You're just hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I hate that. And he just, like, doesn't believe her. And he's like, I'm going to be a man and, like, go outside and look and la, la, la. Oh, someone threw a brick in my car. Oh, those rascal children. <laughs> la, la, la. No. And then also you find out that he lied about being a hunter with his dad just to seem cool. Oh, yeah. And they're like going to get he thinks that like their relationship is good enough to get married. And he's like, yeah, I've been lying to you about so many shit. Like whatever. I mean, that was one thing that's like, oh, yeah, I love going hunting with my dad because I'm cool. And that could have been like a white lie in the beginning of their relationship. But if he said one, how many are there? You don't know. I mean, the worst part of their relationship is that they didn't like talk about marriage clearly. Like he should have been able to gauge whether or not she wanted to marry him before asking. Yeah. That's just like a dick move. That's like the people that take you to a football game and are like, oh, the camera's on us now. I'm going to ask you to marry me. I'm going to put you in a situation where you basically can't say no. Yeah, you got to say yes or else the whole crowd will be sad. Yeah. Woman, Plus, you have to appease all the men here. Yeah, they'd think you're sweet and stuff. Plus, he like proposed at someone else's wedding, which, which is, is tacky. Which is such a shit move. Yeah, don't do that. Stupid. Ugh. I mean, she wasn't the greatest person ever either, so their entire relationship was just garbage. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, there's so much, like, microaggressions and, like, ugh, I'm not a fan. So I'm happy they died. It wasn't even a horror movie. Yeah. I'm like, oh, please, please, three strangers, kill this terrible couple. And that's, like, the end of the film. She's, like, wearing her wedding ring now, and she's all like, yeah. Well, she puts it on while he's out of the house just to look at it, which I feel like I could see that even if she didn't want to marry him. It was still relatable. He also like forced her to take it back, like to take it. Yeah. Because he's like, I can't, it's too embarrassing to bring this back. I can't hold on to it. You, you must take this ring, even though you've said no to it. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, at the end of the movie, she's dressed up back in her like uh, bridemaid outfit as well. Yes. Which is so creepy because you know that they changed them. I th- Yeah. There were a lot of continuity errors in this movie that at that point I, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if they just filmed this when she was already wearing the dress and then just forgot that she had changed yeah. again. I mean, I'm jumping ahead to a scaredy fact, but this movie was filmed chronological, in, in chronological order. Ah. So um, I definitely think it was a choice. But that theoretically could mean that they filmed that scene first because the movie starts with that scene. It starts with the Mormon kids walking into the, the door. Oh, yeah, you're right. So what if they filmed that? But I think that's like editing. But, I, but still, I like to, I personally like to imagine that it was a, a continuity error. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. One thing that was featured in the trailer is my favorite scene of when Kristen's like standing in this like big open living area. And then you see the killer come and like ominously stare at her and she doesn't know he's there. And then he like fades away somewhere else in the house. And like, oh, I hate that. Now imagine though for a moment if that was a ghost. No, I don't care. (laughs) Oh, but it's so ominous and it's just like the epitome of the worst thing that could ever happen to you in real life. And I don't like it. 
Well, you can imagine that if you were in that situation, you wouldn't know he was there. So how are you scared if you don't know that he's there? Well, and then he makes himself real known. So then I would be scared. That's fair. (sighs) And my last point is that I actually appreciate that the killings weren't sexual in nature. I mean, they're probably like, there's no secret. There's no denying that they like enjoy killing. Yeah. But there were no knives shoved in any hoo-hahs. And I appreciated that. Yeah. They just kind of wanted to take a life. Or take a couple lives. Yeah. Take a few lives. A couple's life. Yeah. Because the uh, it's actually funny. The strangers are extremely similar to the Legion in Dead by Daylight, which we've talked about before. Yes. And the backstory for the Legion is almost identical to the last scene of this movie. I think, I think in Dead by Daylight, they like rob a gas station or something, and they all kill the person that was working there. But it's more or less like the leader is forcing everybody to stab this guy as like a oh. rite of passage. And at the end, uh, they talk about the daughter. They kind of implied that it was hard for her to do that in this yeah. movie. So it's kind of cool. Like, that it's it's going like, to be easier next time. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage that she has to stab. And she was the only one that stabbed Liv Tyler. So True. Yep. That mm-hmm. we saw. That we saw. Yeah. Do you have some thoughts? I do have some thoughts. You're not going to like them, though. I know. Well, I already know. Because, oh, I have another point before I let Kelly go. Because I introduced this movie to Kelly as my favorite horror movie ever. And what does he do the whole time we watch it in his home? He laughs at it. He doesn't hold back (laughs) on all his stupid little comments that they wanted to say. And it hurt my feelings a little bit. And you still wanted to date me, so. Yeah, I'm over it now. It is funny. It's a funny memory. I mean, that viewing ultimately led to this episode of our podcast. So you should be (laughs) pleased. We're going to take a moment to talk about our sponsors and socials and junk. This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you by Mad Lab Distilling, who provided us with their premium vodka to use in this week's cocktail. They have a wide range of award-winning spirits, and Scott is also just super awesome. So go buy their stuff. Go support him. Yeah. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream. On Facebook, we're at drink and scream. You can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. Also, apparently, I found out that rating and reviews on iTunes don't actually do anything to our rankings, but they do give us warm, fuzzy feelings. So if you wanted to do that, that would be really nice. So podcasts have been lying to me all this time. Apparently. Weird. Uh, for Discord, if you want to come chat with us, we are using the Super Hopped Up Discord right now, so you can check us out at bit.ly slash hoppeduppdiscord. There's a lot of fun and cool and interesting people in there. Here's a promotion for another lady-driven and movie-related podcast, Customers Also Watched. If you've ever found yourself scrolling through the recommended movies on streaming services and wondering if any of those are worth your time, I'm here to help. Hi, I'm Erica, host of Customers Also Watched, a podcast about movies on Amazon Prime. I started with one movie from my own watch list, and from there, each episode, I grab a friend or two, and we discuss a movie from the Customers Also Watch list of the previous episode's movie. Follow on Twitter at CAW Podcast, and Facebook or Instagram under Customers Also Watched. Available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. See you down the rabbit hole. I... I, like I said, it's it's like the epitome of what I'm not scared of. It's just the purest form of humans fighting humans. 
using human means, like every little hijink that they get up to of like hiding the phone or throwing it in the fire, or like writing hello on the windows and stuff. And moving the, fu- the, the smoke alarm from the chair or from the floor onto the chair. Yeah, like none of... That's so scary. But to me, it's not because if you moved the camera to the perspective of the three killers... You're just watching like a bunch of these assholes wander around this house, like picking things up and putting it places like it's only scary because you didn't see it happen and you have to like project what did that. But you know what did that? It's it's a dude in a in a potato sack. Yeah. So like for me, like especially when they lose the couple at some point in the movie, I think like Liv Tyler escapes and um, it's like hiding. Yeah. Yeah. You can literally watch the dad wandering in the round, wandering around the woods, like stopping, looking around, being like, ah, shit, I lost her. Ah, dang it. And then walking away and like the mom holding a flashlight to the woods like, ah, come on, please. Just something. Let me see her. This is embarrassing. What if she but gets away? they're not away? embarrassed. They're happy that they're scared and they have nowhere to go. But and then there's a scene where she's the, the baby doll one, the mom killer, is like walking behind Liv Tyler while Liv Tyler's like crawling on the grass. Yeah. And she can see her and she just like chooses to just follow her and not stab her because it's scarier. Yeah, that's the whole point. The, the killers just want to like get as much fear out of the couple as they possibly can yeah. before they kill them. But it's like, Ugh. if you know that the end goal of these three people is to kill you, like the thing that you should be focused on is like just to skate, like running away basically. Because if they catch you, they kill you. Well, they're trying to escape. They're like bunkering down. The only time that like their idea of literally sitting in a room shooting anybody that walks past the door yeah, was, was actually dumb. pretty smart. What? Yeah. Because they didn't know that he didn't know that his friend was going to show up and like not he an- called him and asked him to come. Yeah. And it was his friend's drunk ass fault that he didn't announce himself when he was in the house. He, him getting shot yeah. in the face was his own dang fault. Ugh. But hunkering down and shooting anything that moves was actually pretty smart when there's a bunch of humans stalking you. If it was a ghost that could phase through the wall and then rip your soul out, then shooting it wouldn't have worked. But like They have an axe to rip through walls with. Well, they didn't know where they were because they lost them. <laughs> they had to search around. They got, no, they got no radars to detect where the humans are. I thought that was funny. My favorite part of the movie was when, they got lo- when the, the killers lost them <laughs> and had to look around trying to find them. My second point is more very specific about one aspect of the movie, oh. and that's Liv Tyler. Ah. And I don't think I can actually stand her anymore. She's kind of awful, isn't she? She's a very bad actress. All I do is speak like this the entire time. Even when we're just having a conversation, I have to whisper, oh no, I'm so (laughs) scared now, and the killers are going to get me. And I think that works for being an elf. In Lord of the Rings? When she was Eowyn, (laughs) that was fine, because she's supposed to be mystic and shit. But we also watched that movie, uh, Wilding. Oh, that, that she was, was good. in, and she's like supposed to be this hotshot like sheriff. Yeah, like no bullshit sheriff that's gonna take care of this wildling kid. But she still talks like just this. talking like this. Oh my god, this kid is growing hair and turning into a monster. I can't take it. And I've looked at a few of her movies, and I'm like, I don't really remember her in any of these movies. Probably because she was too quiet, and I couldn't hear her. Or you blocked out the memory. Just blocked it out. <laughs> She's in Armageddon. I imagine at some point she whispers to her dad, I don't don't leave yourself on this meteorite to save me, dad. But he Oof. couldn't hear her because the rocket jets were going off. <laughs> That's my putting Liv Tyler on blast. Good. I appreciate it. I'm, I'd be excited to hear who likes her because 
She seems like a very specific acquired taste. Do you want another comment about how funny I thought this movie was? Yeah, sure. That's what all your points are going to be, isn't it? So other than Liv Tyler, I feel like none of the other actors, um, like the husband or the three actors who played the killers Mm -hmm. are actually like really that known. Even when you see like side face, if it was like the dad took off the potato sack and it was Brad Pitt, even from the side of the face, you'd be like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. But um, then suddenly Glenn Howerton shows up and I only know him from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So like any amount of restraint that I was trying to hold back and how funny I thought this movie was when we were watching it the first time, the moment that fucking Dennis shows up... And is basically playing the same character that he plays in Always Sunny. I was like, I'm out. I can't. This is hilarious. This is like they hired Glenn Howerton to be the douchey drunk friend that comes and saves the day only to get shot in the face. Like that's the best cameo I can ever imagine in The Strangers. Yeah, that's fair. And that was probably one of my favorite parts is when he gets shot in the face. Because then I'm like, you stupid fucking idiot. Why didn't you announce yourself, you dumb piece of shit? I mean, he did when he was outside, but then... He did not because he was very confused by all the destruction. Yeah. And like if he was trying to not arouse the killers that he was there, that would make sense. But like also he would have died anyways if he didn't get shot in the face because the dad was behind him with an axe. Yes. Which so that I think I'm glad you brought that up because we know that he would have died anyway. But to James, he just killed his best friend. I thought it was his brother. Or brother. I can't Uh, remember. I think when we were watching it, you said brother. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe it was best friend. But yeah, yeah, because that's like that cycle, just another level of psychological torture, which works out really well for the killers. He was like, ha, I didn't even think about that, but that's great. And he's like, oop, that was free. (laughs) Ha ha. Did it. I think it was. It was a funny actor choice that kind of made it even more silly of a movie for me. Which came first? When did Always Sunny come out? I would like to say before The Strangers, but I'm not too sure. One second. So, yeah, it did come out before. Yeah, 2005. Because I feel like Glenn Howerton actually didn't have a career until Always Sunny. Because hmm. him and Rob something basically made it themselves. And then they got really famous from that. So they were like, who can we get as the drunk, annoying best friend? Glenn Howerton. Here yeah. we go. That's my points. I'll have a final thought to wrap this whole thing up in a bow at the end of the podcast. Oh, boy. It's going to be mean. But at the en- <laughs> in- until such a time, why don't you give me some... Scaredy facts. So every time that Kelly and I watch a horror film, we uh, will snuggle up on the couch or in bed and we'll whip out our phones, whip out our dicks. Hell yeah. And go over Read all the trivia on them. (laughs) Yeah. Every day I write new trivia on my dick. (laughs) So Kelly would always be the one that would read them out and I, he likes to make fun of me because I would usually fall asleep Mm -hmm. because I'm sleepy. But for our podcast, uh, usually the person who like has a bigger attachment to the film or knows the film more than the other one will uh, collect the scaredy fact trivia. So you couldn't make the drink for this one. So you made the trivia. (laughs) Yeah. The strangers. So obviously I started the trend of we have to talk about the budget. So first off, budget was nine million estimated. Jesus. The opening weekend. It it was in a room. It was yeah. in a single building. Yeah. The opening weekend, just in the States alone, it made $21 million. Nice. And worldwide cumulative gross is $82.4 million. That is quite a lot. That is incredible. The opening weekend, it made twenty point one. That's like, oh, that astounds me. It seems like a low budget horror movie, to me at least. Oh, like, you mean like how it looks? 
But then you're like, whoa, nine million? Yeah, exactly. Let's go live Tyler. That's true. She was probably eight million of that budget. <laughs> but like you think of the set and it was basically like a it was house. A big, nice house though. Yeah. But we know from like paranormal activity that you can just use the director's house if home. you want. Yeah. But I well, guess I they destroyed include, it a lot. Yeah. I didn't include this in my scaredy facts, but the outside was a real farm building. But then the inside is all built on a soundstage. Okay. So it's not a real house. That That's where the cost comes from. Yeah. And Liv Tyler. And probably yeah. Liv Tyler's like body double and catering. She had her own catering. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. I mentioned, we saw I'm, that in the movie. <laughs> in the credits, I mean. Do you just not trust Crafty enough to make the food that you want? I don't know. Because like if you have a special dietary restraint, especially if you're Liv Tyler, you can just ask Crafty, like, hey, can you make me, like, gluten-free food, please? They'd be like, sure, that's my literally my job. Yeah, but if I was famous enough and, like, the film had the budget enough, well, I, I wouldn't. I'm not the type of person, but I could see myself, a version of me being like, I want all my food from Tuck Craft I mean, Kitchen, please. My <laughs> My personal caterer would just be like, can I have, like, skip the dishes delivered to my, my, my room every day, please? Woo! I would, <laughs> if I order like 30 bucks worth of food from Fedora, will you pay for that, please? Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. in the budget? <laughs> Going back into the scaredy facts, I gave this one away. The film was shot in chronological order, which I thought was interesting to point out because most films really aren't. We're noticing, uh, though, a lot of horror movies are, though. Yeah, which I'm, I feel like partly it has to be because like destruction happens, so it's just easier to like for continuity and stuff although continuity was a nightmare for this oh, film God, yeah to like if something a window is shattered and like the glass is on the floor in a certain way or when the door gets busted down we need to look at make it look like it always does yeah exactly in every shot did you do you talk about the continuity at all in the trivia no so you can talk about it because my it had so many problems with continuity but uh my favorite one was they make a big point of showing that she cuts her hand when she like breaks a, oh, yeah. a light bulb mm-hmm. and her the husband of the year comes and wraps his tie around her hand. So that's just part of her costume now throughout the entire movie. But there are scenes when she's like crawling in the dirt that between cuts, the tie disappears. Yeah. There's still blood. So somebody came up to Liv Tyler and was like, okay, time to apply the blood. I feel like I'm forgetting something, though. No, nah, it's probably fine, I think. It's really on Liv Tyler to have not recognized that. Yeah, but... You gotta be in charge of your costume, in a way. She was too busy with her personal caterer. <laughs> My next one is about Liv Tyler. During filming, in order to get an actual reaction from her, the director... <laughs> Are you ready for this? No, but go on. The director would tell her where to expect a loud bang from, but would then have the loud noise come from somewhere else. Oh, my God. So she would really be scared. Uh, We can't get our actor to emote. We got to trick them into acting. (laughs) I was just I thought maybe that she was like actually a good actor and she's just been given bad roles. Is she just bad? I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen her in lots of things. To to show emotion in Lord of the Rings, we told her where Viggo Mortensen was going to be coming from, but then had him come from another direction. I mean, also, though, like this could have just been something that the director wanted to do regardless of it wasn't that she failed at doing it good the first time. And then he was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think he just did it. Because it reminds me of when we watched Silent Hill and it was like the actress had a very unique way of acting where she didn't come ready and had to do five takes before she was in character. That was so <laughs> awful. That's just you're awful. 
That's not that's not funny acting style. That's you're awful. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like a lot of these these trivia don't go deep enough with like, oh, they just sucked at acting. Just think about how much time you've wasted. All those hours of people on set. Every crew member's salary is oh my god. Yeah. That's can incredible. we get one more for safety? Nope. Sorry, I meant can we get one where you act? <laughs> My next one is, according to director Brian Bertino, the film is partially based on an incident he experienced as a child. One evening, and this is funny because you brought this up. Yeah. And one evening, a stranger came to his door, asked for someone who was not there, and left. Later, Bertino found out that other homes in his neighborhood had been broken into that night. Oh, so it is the... It's a tactic, yeah. yeah just walk up to the door and ask for Tony, and if somebody, if anyone answers the door, then you know that... You can't rob that place. Or you could kill them. It's true. <laughs> Whichever one you feel like at the time. Yeah. Yeah, because it says that it's inspired by a true story in the trailer. And I'm probably in the movie as well. But that's Which, just like... It opens with that narration of like, this is true. The footage you're about to see. Or not the footage, but like, this is a true event. Yeah. There are an estimated such and such violent crimes in the United States in a year. Hey, which at this point, that number is probably low. Sky high now, yeah. yeah. Oof. Another fun Liv Tyler acting technique. Oh, God. Before filming, I mean, I would actually do this too. I think it's a good idea. Before filming any scene after the strangers begin terrorizing the couple, Liv Tyler would have to run laps, do jumping jacks, other physical activities to get herself out of breath to help simulate the panic her character would have been experiencing. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that one. We do that and it also like it, as a way to help your body raise the stakes in monologue work or like scene work. If you like just walk up to a cement wall and just start pushing on it and like trying to move it for like half a minute before <laughs> you walk into your scene, your body's blood is pumping. It's like working outside in instead of inside mm. out. So like having you, yourself experience it without thinking about how you feel will help your brain automatically just deliver what is what would happen in that scenario. That reminds me of like when Dwight is ever doing like an interview or something like that. And he always pumps himself up with like rock music. Yeah. Punches the back of the seat. He's like, oh yeah, I am awesome. I deserve this raise. Why? Because I am awesome. This one is super cool. I think it's the most interesting uh, one. Not to over amp it, but uh, at the beginning of this film, we see flashes of different houses during the opening credits. And actually, they each resemble a famous house from various classic horror movies. Nice. Including The Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, Halloween, 1978, and The Amityville Horror, 1979. Nice. There's also just a mansion that looks like the Bates Motel at some point. Whoa. No. But that would be silly. <laughs> they just slap the Bates Motel on a random plot of land. But yeah, I remember you telling me that one. I like that one. Yeah. And now my last ones is more for you than for our listeners, because when we used to do the trivia for movies before we started this podcast, there apparently was a very avid weapon and car enthusiast. Hell yeah, my man. So <laughs> Kelly was always super excited when the trivia facts included them. So this one does. Yay. The shotgun James uses against the strangers is a Mossberg 500 Bantam. Cool. James's car <laughs> is a 1986 Volvo 240. Hell yeah. And Mike's car is 1984 Jeep Cherokee. Nice. And that's how I wanted to cap off our scaredy facts because... <laughs> but what what was the truck that the strangers used? I don't know. I, I need to know say. this one. I'm sorry. Ah, car guy. <laughs> 
It was always in Chucky for some reason. Every single Chucky fact yeah. had the car and gun guy come in. And yep. I don't know what these cars are. I just think it's funny. <laughs> so you ready for those final thoughts? Hit it! So it's not that I don't like this movie. I feel like every time we talk about it, you get really angry because you think that for some reason I don't like it. I do think it's like a decent movie other than the continuity errors and the fact that Liv Tyler can't act for her life. Yeah. It's just that it's the purest condensed form of what I don't find scary in horror movies, which is people doing human stuff. Um, Yeah, that's so true. I've gotten over my distaste for you hating it. But not the distaste for the drink that I made you? I I had to finish it before it was over, so I just (laughs) finished it. Thank God. Yay, congrats. Uh, so I think what we need to do is we fi- need to find like the purest form of what you don't find scary in movies. So we just need to find like the purest ghost movie where it's just ghosts fighting ghosts or something. Ghosts everywhere. Ghosts everywhere. So if anyone out in uh, podcast land has a recommendation for just pure ghost movie, tweet at us or, or email us or something. Yeah, do one of those things. Yeah. Get in touch. My final thought is I don't care what Kelly says. This movie is fucking terrifying. Every time I sit down to watch it, I like have to build myself up because I dread it, but I simultaneously love it because I like to be scared. Mm -hmm. I like to go on roller coasters and whatever, but I get sweaty palms like <laughs> and i know what's going to happen and still the situation and the whole idea of this film just scares me so much that i freak out <laughs> that's it it's good it's good that you can still get that cuz this is like what the fifth time that you've watched this movie at least and you're still spooked about it it's so scary we have an actual dvd of it i do not that we we not that we illegally download any of the other movies we watch we always acquire them through legal means mhm mhm blockbuster <laughs> Well, that's been The Strangers, a movie about just the worst game of hide-and-seek ever. Next week, we'll be kicking off our month of candle nights, tm bim where we'll be watching a different fan-picked holiday horror film every week. To start us off, are you ready? I don't know if I told you this or not. I am ready. We'll be watching Gremlins! Nice. Which... I am very excited about, number one, because it's asked for by a number of our listeners, but number two, because I've actually never seen it. Oh, nice. And when I was younger, I used to have a little gizmo doll, so that's a little sneak peek of next episode. I'm going to be very excited. So you have no idea what this movie is about? Don't get them wet. Yeah. Don't feed them after midnight. Don't feed your mogwai after midnight. Or get it wet. But what does that mean? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out when midnight ends, I guess. (laughs) And remember, always scream responsibly. Uh, Bye. Man, whatever. <laughs>